Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week, we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week, we watched Rocket Man, directed by Dexter Fletcher and released in 2019. The plot of the movie goes something like this. A musical fantasy about the fantastical human story of Elton John's breakthrough years. Um, we're just going to give you a little spoiler-free section first to let you guys know whether or not you should see this movie. Yes, yes, you should see this movie. Yeah, no, I, I like instantly fell in love with it and like was completely spellbound the entire time it was amazing definitely go see this movie this now don't, don't finish don't finish listening to this go see the movie and then come back this is the closest experience i've had to watching a stage musical at the cinema it was amazing it was so well put together so loved good. it loved and it. like i was expecting something more like bohemian rhapsody where mm. like the songs are all incorporated and they're not like it's not like a musical this was a hundred percent a musical yeah they used the songs to tell the story yeah it was a stage musical but filmed and um the way they filmed it they really used film like in a way that you could, they did stuff with it that they couldn't do on stage. Yeah, to do really cool like transitions and costume changes and and to tell the story of of Elton John's life. Amazing, just wonderful. It was so good. I loved it. And like finally, finally, a movie that really gets to use Taron Egerton well. I love Taron Egerton, and this is the like for me, this is the best thing he's done. He's incredible in it, and he gets to sing constantly through the whole thing. Yeah, and he's, he's such a such a good singer, but he's also a really good actor. And when we get into spoilers, I will cite specific mm. examples of where he was just he just blew me away. But it's really his star vehicle. But everyone who kind of comes along in support also does a really good job. Jamie Bell's little face as mm-hmm. Bernie Taupin is lovely. Um, I think Bryce Dallas Howard was an interesting choice to play his mother, but also there's lots of really good reasons why you would have her in that part. Um, she was uh, she surprised me like her accent was actually pretty good she rarely slipped a couple of times she slipped but i was expecting it yeah, to yeah, be a no, lot no. worse her accent was fine but it wasn't quite the right accent for the the class of woman that she was playing the nan sounded a bit more natural but it entirely not the main point of it but this it, again I, mean, I have to cite these things under spoiler warning but there are some some examples where she's just perfect for it though just she absolutely perfect yeah and she does a really good job um richard madden as the uh bad boyfriend slash manager um he he's really good um when he shows up yeah and i'm gonna um just give a shout out to tate donovan who i think is having the most fun in this movie and is great like i actually didn't recognize him and he's not even that different looking it's just he's changed how he presents himself really well he does a great job yeah he he, just wonderful like everyone who and there's more we'll probably mention as we get into it but like yeah i'm gonna reference some people who are not famous at all while we do this so yeah well you recognize the girl playing kiki d and i don't know who that is but she was good too like in her tiny one minute part Mm, no and i also played the girl uh, recognize the girl playing diana ross who was even in diana ross was in this movie I think so. She's at the very, very start that he's supporting two acts. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize one of them sure. was meant to be. Yeah, right. I th- I'm not sure if it's Diana Ross. It just says Diana as um, who she's playing. But um, she's a um, – Broadway? Not, I think West End. Um, she's played Alpha Bear and stuff. And mm. I was like, oh, Alexia Cadimo, that's a name I know. I'm going to go figure out where I know her from. Yeah, right. Um, but, yeah, like there's some there's some minor – people but like yeah ophelia loverbond has a tiny little part which i didn't oh, recognize yeah. her as but she's the landlady she's got to be the landlady yeah mm. i knew i recognized the landlady but yeah. i couldn't figure out who she was anyway anyway <laughs> this is just us going off topic but yes we go see rocket man immediately rocket man. yes it's wonderful not even just us um, my baby kicked all the way through this movie <laughs> 
so was very much into it. Baby has good taste already. Baby was very yeah. Baby wasn't into Endgame. Baby was into this. That's all I have to say. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So we'll if you haven't seen Rocket Man and you don't want to be spoiled, uh, pause the podcast now and come back when you have. All right. Now we can talk about it. Yeah. So do we want to go straight into like the acting moments that you wanted to talk about or should we well, go through like chronologically? I have so many notes and this was when I – and I didn't want to take my eyes away from the screen and I still have heaps of notes. I actually so. have minimal notes because I didn't want to take my eyes away from the screen. But I don't know because I, th- I think the real highlight of this film is it is actually a musical and it does it well. Mm. And I, I – kind of like going through chronologically okay. because, I mean, there's just so many great little moments that we can talk about about all the different actors. Before we actually go through the movie chronologically, I find it a weird choice to name the movie Rocket Man Without a Space because the song mm-hmm. isn't Rocket Man Without a Space and it kind of makes it seem like it's a superhero movie, which is not like – it's not bad. It's just a – I think it's weird. It's a choice. It's certainly a choice. Like are they trying to separate it from the song or something? It's It just seems such a strange choice to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, I know. And I keep getting it wrong as well every Me time too. I go to type it. Yeah. Anyway, but <laughs> moving anyway. on with the actual movie. I just thought that was worth noting. Yeah. It was strange. Which, after we have the the five different production company logos, opens with Elton in a full-on devil costume walking down a hallway, which is just so perfect. Like walking down a hallway to rehab in his devil costume. It's that and then it's like it immediately – like there's no cut or anything. It goes to Taryn sitting down in a chair and then acting his fucking face off like immediately, which is incredible. And the the rehab is, is sort of the framing device and they come back to it again and again. And every time they come back to him, the camera just like goes right up on his face and he is so freaking good. Oh yeah, he's so good. Um, I do. I don't actually love the the framing device only because it f- plays into that trope that drives me crazy of like w- the one guy talking at rehab with like eight other people in the room saying nothing for the whole movie. That annoyed me too. I was like, "This this is group therapy, and you're just talking about your life." Um, I actually wrote captive audience for his lies, and then kept referring back to that note yeah. through it because he keeps telling them lies about what we are about to see or have just seen, mm. and they all just sit there and watch him and listen to him. And I'm like, "This is weird." So I don't love that. No, I, I would have preferred it if it was just like like him and the psychologist mm, mm. maybe it wouldn't have been as cinematic and cool looking but i would have preferred it because it's a bit weird to have eight people just never speak in the yeah, movie. yeah who was sitting there but still very very quickly though it establishes the we're going to use songs to tell this story because they ask him a bit about what he was like as a kid and firstly taron's face when he sees his child self appear is just a joy to behold and then they do this wonderful number i think the song is dance dance or something and where they go back into his 1950s childhood where everything is sort of sepia toned except him and his orange devil suit it's so cool it's uh it's the bitch's back um Um, i don't know that one yeah the whole thing is sepia toned but the little him is also in full color Mm. um yes yes yeah but yeah it's uh it's really really fun it's just like everybody's dancing around him and he's as he's going through and he just looks so angry with everybody (laughs) and Mm -hmm. i immediately loved it yeah yeah and also, like, as soon as he starts singing, I was just like, ah, oh, he's got such a good voice. It's yeah. so good and it's so easy to listen to. Yeah, and because um, the younger actors actually carry the earlier songs. They do The Bitches Back and they do um, part of the first part of Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, which is the second uh, yeah. sort of story song. Uh, and then in the middle of Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, it breaks into Taron Egerton yeah. and the, like, 
it just is so amazing. There's one in between, um, mm. which is um, I Want Love, where the whole, yeah, family, the whole family sings it, yep. which is I quite liked. Everybody's fine. Yeah. Like, but it doesn't hold a candle to Saturday night no. right after, and, and it, which is the, like, oh. And of the four that sing in the family, it, little, which whoever the young kid is playing, young kid Elton, Connor. is a better singer than all the others. Like, he's really, really good. But the others are all actors. It's Bryce Dallas Howard and whoever's playing his father and his nan. Actually, I thought the um, the one playing, playing his nan had a really, really good voice. Like, mm, it was... Gemma Jones, yeah. Gemma Jones, yeah. So, she was older and you could hear that she was older in her voice, like it was mm. an older voice, but they, she held a tune very well. Yeah, no, she was quite good, actually. Um, I, I, I really liked her. The nan is kind of an amazing character. She's sort of... She's the sort of like the one who gets him. Um, mm. She's a bit of a... Uh, when we later meet Bernie or and Renata, actually, weirdly, they're kind of she, she's in the same mold of someone who actually sees what he's about, sees who he is. Is it wrong that I kind of liked his mother, even though she was awful? No, I liked her. I don't think she was awful at all. I actually think <sighs> she makes a lot of sense. Well, she. I mean, she is awful. She treats him really badly and makes him feel like a lot of things that aren't his fault are his mm. fault, which is not at all a good mother. She's no. Um, but at the same time, she is clearly a woman who like got pregnant young and didn't have a lot of options and had to stay with the worst guy. Like he is just the worst, and not in like a particularly you know violent or abusive way he's just so unpleasant Mm. all the time and i just couldn't stand him no he was awful and and i was like why why wouldn't you be like her if you were stuck with him yeah and all she wants to do like she has all these like clear you know wants and desires and interests and she can't pursue any of them one of the my first notes is actually 1950s childhood and i think it's like elton's story is interesting um, in the broader context of him being like a post-war baby boom baby mm. of like there were that generation raised in a real environment of repression and like people who came home from war and married too quickly and had kids too quickly and had too many kids. Um, that sort of context of his life I think was interesting. Yeah, and when the dad accuses her of trapping him with a child, yeah. like she had, you know, planned that or had a choice in that, she clearly didn't. Yeah. That would that was not what she wanted based on the character we saw in this no. movie. So yeah, I thought it was really interestingly handled and uh and and you know, you often get pictures of the fifties childhood as like this rosy time, mm. but this really paints a different picture. Yeah. Um and a very it, it's both specific to Elton and also pr- you can quite generally reach that out to the generation that was coming of age when he was coming of age, which is where most of this is set in the seventies. So um, let's talk about that. Um, oh wait, there's actually a little bit before we get to the, the Saturday night thing in my yeah. notes. But oh my god, that Saturday night, um, Saturday night's all right number. It's like frenetic and fantastic. It's got amazing choreography. They transition to this like carnival where everybody's dancing, and it's just like this is so great. I was so happy. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's the stuff before it is like sort of more fleshing out his childhood a bit and seeing, showing that he doesn't really fit in at the Royal Academy, even though he's really fabulous piano player. Yeah. Well, there's this bit where there's an orchestra in his bedroom playing Rocket Man. Um, that his mother is playing in. in the is orchestra. she? Yeah, I yeah. didn't see her. So, so I did a, like a quick sort of bit of Googling about Elton John. I read a BuzzFeed article about this movie actually before we watched it. So both of his parents were musicians. His mother was a classical musician and his father uh, was a, like in the army band or something. So the, both his parents were musicians and that's why the whole like the repression is so awful because they are into their music 
And so, yeah, and so the orchestra. That makes sense with so the dad. Yeah, so she's in the front row of the orchestra playing her violin, I think, and that makes sense also in that she had other dreams mm. uh, for her life. So, yeah, that was – it's really great because it starts with, like, he's going, he's playing in the pub after the meat tray raffle, which is just a genius little touch. And, um, God, it was good. Like, that number – I mean, there were story songs before that, but that's the one that really set the tone mm. for the movie. Just like breaking out the pub windows and turning into Taron Edgerton and going through the fairground with an ever-increasing rotor of hot men. And there's a there's a like growly um, note that he sings to bring the song back in mm. that I listened to in the car on the way back here like five times that I was just like, oh, it's so good. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I feel like there might have been a little bit cut out of his childhood as well because that McGonagall character. Um, oh, yeah, the piano a, teacher. The yeah. piano teacher. There's a moment where he's playing and she's looking at him and I thought that that was going to go somewhere and it didn't. Mm. I could easily have done. Had, I also had some more stuff. was really interested in his <laughs> – because I'm a sucker for this stuff – he um, has this whole through line of like just really wanting a hug. Oh my <laughs> it's god! So sad and so cute. Yeah, sorry, I should have mentioned that. Yeah, that's more of that 1950s childhood stuff. Like mm. he just wants a hug from his dad, and he just oh my god! And then and then it, later, I know I'm skipping, but later yeah. when he goes and sees his dad with his new family, and he's so affectionate with his other two sons, and you're just like, oh my god, it's, it's so mean. It's oh man, the stuff with the parents. That sequence where he's supposed to come out to his dad and he comes out to his mom, that whole sequence, I know we're just skipping ahead, but it's such a good sequence mm. and it's some of Taron Edgerton's best acting. Like he has a bit with the dad and he's in the back of the car and it kind of morphs from his face in the back of the car to his face at rehab with the sparkly sunglasses mm. and his eyes are red from crying. And there's also a moment there where I was like, God, he looks like Elton. Mm. Like there are bits where I can't – Oh, I know. I, like, I know it's Taron Edgerton, but I'm also like, there's bits where I just see Elton in there, and it, it, that was really good. And then, of course, he goes and comes out to his mother, who's just awful about it. Oh, yeah, of course I knew. <laughs> like, I've known that for years. And then, and then she does the bit about you never be properly loved. And he comes out of that phone box, and his face, and then he, then bloody Richard Madden, abusive boyfriend, fucking hits him, mm. and it's just like there's this whole lot of stuff going on. Like he's trying. So it, he's been goaded into t- coming out to his mother by f-ing Richard Madden. And, yeah, he comes out of the that phone booth with just like his whole face is drained, like all the <laughs> – everything's mm. come out of it. And then, you know, into this horrible abusive boyfriend who beats him up and, oh, God, that whole sequence is just so – such a – like that's his Oscar reel right mm. there. Yeah. If Rami Malek can get an Oscar for playing Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody, Taron Edgerton at least deserves a nomination for this. Oh, my God. I don't know if this year will be a better, um, a stronger category. No. Um, I haven't seen, uh, you know. No, we're we're not even halfway through the year yet. Yeah, and and last year was just not a very strong lead actor category. I still appreciate what Rami Malek did, but, like, this blows it out of the water, and it's so much a better film. I know, I know. And, and of course, um, Dexter Fletcher actually gets the credit for directing this one. Every time I see Dexter Fletcher's name on a movie, I get this, like, completely inappropriate surge of pride because I'm like, it's Spike from the press gang and he's directing these big movies and doing such a good job. Look, I'm sure that's, like, <laughs> that must be how, um like, older fans of Ron Howard must feel. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like, oh, it's Richie Cunningham, but my God, he made a good movie. Yeah. yeah. I just feel there's, there's like two people out here there who are listening to this podcast. No, it's who are not like, just oh, two it's people. Spike from no, the press. It really isn't just two people. I've got to tell you. There's everyone, lots of people say that. 
about okay. him. It's it's a very common thing to say for people of like a bit older than us who or about our age who were into press gang. I loved it. God, I loved it. Anyway, and he was like one of those like sexual awakening characters for me as uh, well, where I was like, oh, he's so dreamy. <laughs> yeah. But before we get to him coming out to his parents, though, there is um, an after Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. He meets Bernie Taupin, played there's, by Jamie Bell. Oh, there's a lot in between. Well, but yes, there is, but kind of the next big beat. Yeah, uh, he. Uh, oh, right. No, he wait. His, his career starts off, and he's traveling with those people, and he kisses the boy. Yeah. Well, that 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 stuff I really really liked for a lot of reasons. Firstly, it really acknowledges the influence of black musicians mm. on Elton John's music, and like gives them, you know, they they have a role in this movie, and they're not just like minor background characters either. They have like personality personality and agency and mm. stuff, which I really liked. And also Alexia Kadimay's in there, and and. I like her. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. But, uh, yeah, no, that was really cool for me um, that they acknowledge that. Also, the first kiss, like the first kiss in this movie is a black man and a white man kissing, which is like they don't often let that happen in movies, mm, like even no. interracial relationships, let alone inter- interracial gay relationships. Mm. And it's just kind of a beat in this movie. It just happens. And you're like this it, for me that was also really exciting because look how much like bohemian rhapsody shied away from that and yet this leans all the way in and i was just like yes so good yeah yeah no it's great that that whole sequence i just didn't write any notes there this is why i was like (laughs) uh, there's also my notes on nearly every big number is i am living with lots of g's in capital letters but then also i've got a giant capital letters kissing black boys note oh right yeah yeah I've got such a great montage for yeah. exclamation points. But yes, that that sequence is really good and, and also very important because, yeah, after that he does meet the great love of his life, Bernie Taupin. In what is maybe one of the all-time cutest meet-cutes, like them sitting in the restaurant and then starting to sing that Streets of Laredo. Thank you, I was like Road to El Dorado song. <laughs> it's not that. Streets of Laredo together and like then just chatting all day and like Fully hanging before out. before sunrising at, at walking around the streets all night and go, only going home when the, they opened the train station again. Yeah, and then afterwards there's like this he's my brother moment and like my note then is the little skull emoji. <laughs> so I made a little note also when they are first auditioning for the record company guys and the record company guys like, are you guys flatmates? Like, you know, are you gay? And um, Jamie Bell completely gormlessly looks at him and says, no, we live with our mums. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that too, where he just completely missed the context of that. It was really cute. Adorable. Well, yeah, because later on one of the musicians outs Elton in front of him and he just – and it's like Bernie had realized he was like this naive little kid um, who just hadn't sort of figured it out. That and then like that scene as well when Elton is like not sure what to do and he's like all of that playing out on Taryn's face was so good that I made another note about how his acting was destroying me. Um, well, uh, So I've written Taryn's face and Jamie Bell's face like a dozen times through yeah. these notes. But Taryn Edgerton's face just – he just really like goes through the emotions and mm. you can see it all there. Oh God, he's good. I know. He's so good. And then like when, um, when Bernie accepts him, the kind of instant, like the drain of tension from his body and the relief. And when he says, it doesn't matter me, you might marry Arabella though. And it like yeah. everybody laughs and it breaks the tension. Yeah. is a really good moment. Mm. Opposite of what we talked about before when he comes out to his mother and she's so like 
dismissive of it. Yeah. And yeah, it's cool. And then they right. get drunk together and go and hang out on a rooftop. Oh my God. They then almost then kisses him. S- and then he's like, no, I love you, but not in that way. And I was like, <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's, Which is Im- my notes as well. it's impressive that their friendship survived that. Like it's a really strong partnership. It's this beautiful thing. And like, they still write songs together yeah. now, 50 years later. And I don't. I mean, obviously that might be fictionalized, but it was still a really sweet moment. I, I, just, and, uh, I also thought it was funny that, like, at that point, Elton in rehab is like known each other twenty years and never had a fight, and mm-hmm. like, and then the rest of the movie is we see like them, you know, fighting and coming back together again. Like, we see the conflict and them coming back together again, and all that kind of stuff. It's really adorable. Yeah, I mean, but they never really do have a fight, do they? There's one. You know, it's not really because I was gonna, I was thinking about the one where they're backstage at somewhere yeah. and. Uh, Bernie's it's quite obvious to Bernie that um, Richard Madden's character is abusive to Elton he mm. says you don't have to put up with this and they have a big and, and Elton's like you don't understand what I go through and all this st-. and there's another one later on at a restaurant actually as well where he's like like I can't walk down the street you can just walk down the street and you can leave and all but that in both of those cases they don't have a fight it's more Elton of Elton yells at Bernie and then Bernie's like, I'm not gonna fight with you and walks away yeah. from it. Like there's they don't yeah. actually have a no, fight. No, he's not yeah, he's not wrong. But it's yeah, it's a really interesting relationship and closer than a lot of marriages. Yeah. There's another scene, by the way, that that r- rooftop not kiss reminded me of, which is in a movie called The Perks of Being a Wallflower, mm-hmm. where uh Ezra Miller kisses Logan Lerman and he's like, Oh, I'm not into you like that and yeah. I'm just saying that because anybody who might be interested in that might want to go see Perks of Being a Wallflower because it's a great movie and Ezra Miller's great in it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, it's a really good scene anyway. Yes, I had I haven't actually seen Perks of Being a Wallflower, but I, I didn't know that Ezra Miller is in it was in it, and now now you've made me interested in actually watching it. It's a really good movie. Yeah, so they they're adorable, and then and so my next note is about your song. So, so is mine. Yeah, and my but the note is just your song builds like an orgasm. Mine is your song and then the crying emoji. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, something along the same lines. But it's such a like – it's it's such a romantic song played platonic in this moment. Like he and, and Jamie Bell are making very intense eye contact while he sings about Jamie Bell's eyes and how wonderful they are. And the, the, and the way it builds too, like from the piano in his mum's house and his nan comes in the room and like the build of that because the build is from him still struggling as a musician, still trying to make it work, still like not quite there mm. to being Elton John. Mm. at the end of it and so i know that i feel like the orgasm metaphor was the best one i could come up with because it really does feel like it builds and builds and the song builds as well because Mm. you have two choruses uh, two uh verses before you get to a chorus Mm. as well so you actually kind of really build to that when when the the um, chorus finally hits is Mm. is also quite a big crest of a wave kind of thing and i was listening to it on the the way way over me too (laughs) um this version of it and it's like it's so raw as well. Like his voice is so raw in it. It's really, really good. And you can tell that it's like, it is just him and a piano and it's picking up all of his like vocal tics and stuff and as well. Another, yeah. Something that this movie also does extremely well in the music is the earlier stuff really feels a lot more like him and the piano. And then as he gets further and further away from him, the piano, you can hear it in the sound as well. Mm. So yeah, then they go off to America and meet Tate Donovan. I know that because my next note is Tate Donovan. Because <laughs> I knew he was in this. Um, and mm. I was waiting for him to show up. And then I was like, wait, is that? Oh, my God, it is. So, yeah, he just is really having fun in this. And then I also love that his first move is to hit on 
Bernie mm-hmm. because it's like you're so barking up the wrong tree, buddy, which was funny to me. Yeah, yeah. And then um, the big, you know, his his first scene, by the way, I want that top, the stars top. I loved that. Isn't it great? Like, oh, my God, the costumes in this. I re- actually wrote down the costume designer's name at some point. Julian something. It was at the end. Oh, Julian Day did the costumes. The costumes are astounding and not just Elton's. Obviously, Elton's are great, but like the way way they dress Bernie in contrast, the way they dress his mum, who's clearly a keen sewer as well. So there's like that little through line and – the uh, Richard Madden's character and his yep. power suits. Oh my god, that that's a real. Um, I was going to say power move, but it it's kind of shows him up as d- domineering and mm. doesn't belong here, and he's doing it deliberately as a like I'm more powerful than you guys. I'm the business guy. I'm the money guy. Yeah, it's just really interesting. And it, and um, even like the stepdad. The stepdad is quite clearly this like 1950s greaser mm. kind of guy. Yeah, well, the stepdad was a really sweet storyline as well because he was, like, the nicest guy, nicest person in Elton's family, but Elton could never really, like, connect with him because of how that relationship started. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which was really interesting to me as well. Like, Mm. they didn't demonize him at all. He was just a pretty good guy, really. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I liked that. uh, That that was the only one that I wanted was that top with the stars on it. I just really liked it. Um, And with the overalls over it, it's so cute. Yeah, Um, it is. Yeah, and he does uh, Crocodile Rock, including a bit that I didn't realize was the real bit where he floated his feet up in the air. That was really cool. I think that he actually – he did that for real at a different show though, right? Oh, radio. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, not that show. Yeah. Like clearly he has the idea at that show and then he does it at a different show. And they make it look metaphorical and Mm. like everyone's feet are flying. And I – it's a great, you know, sort of the next step from the big build of your song that's just happened is that the actual peak of what it's like to become famous Mm. and that high and that sort Mm. of – no, I just thought of Rocket Man again. I'm going to be high as a Kate by yeah. then. But that that high, which is, of course, what he's chasing with all the drugs and the party and everything else that comes after, but that pure moment of joy. Yeah, I, fo- I forgot a moment just before that when um, Bernie comes in and tells him that, like, some of the Beach Boys and somebody else are all in, yeah. the, in the audience and he's like – he runs off to the bathroom to hide in the bathroom and um and Bernie's like, You're overreacting and he goes, You are underreacting, which was a great moment. Um <laughs> yeah. but during Rock during Crocodile Rock, there's a shot. They go back to it a couple of times. It's mm. got the troubadour sign in the background, yeah. a halo of light around his head, and then just smoke drifting over his head. It is a gorgeous shot. Mm. It is a stunning shot. This movie is so beautifully shot, but that one really stood out to me as like, wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, no, it's gorgeous. And then also there's this great bit where um, oh, the young guy, Ray Williams, um, played by Charlie Rowe, who's adorable, like I just knocks under his like. Elton, you've signed a contract. Yeah. <laughs> Pull your head in and get out there. Yeah. And I was like, I, I, yeah. But also right after he sings that, he gets his first hug in the movie because um, Bernie hugs him, which is really cute. And then – Yeah, and my- I have written, no love purer than the love between Elton and Bernie. <laughs> yeah. No, Bernie is so excited to watch him on stage too. Mm. He's just like so stoked. happy. My next note is Michael in the bathroom, which is a reference. Um, It's a reference to a musical called Be More Chill, which is like a – now is going has gone to Broadway, but it's a um, there's a character who like his best friend 
ditches him at a party and he goes and hides in the bathroom, which is the first thing that came to mind in the next scene where Bernie ditches him at the party and then he sings Tiny Dancer in the amazing jacket that I actually is the other costume I really liked oh, and wanted. Oh, was so cute with the little rainbows and all the badges and stuff. Yeah. All that. Uh, freaking adorable. Yeah, I liked that. And I was like, wait, are they going to give Bernie a sex scene before they give Elton one? But they rectify that fairly quickly. But yeah, that was really – that was kind of funny. And I, I looked up Bernie briefly afterwards and – like the womanizing is a Bernie thing. So okay. I like I didn't actually know that about him. I, I mean he's not super famous, so don't guess I don't know all that kind of detail. Yeah, apparently he's been married four times. Okay. Um yeah, so I, I was like, Oh right, you know, so we're actually this is actually building character here. Yeah. Um, so like they do love each other, but then there's also like they've each got their own stuff going on there. Fair I mean and you can see why through the movie it shows mm, you. Mm. But yeah, um, he sings Tiny Dancer about a woman who is taller than both of them. Yep. <laughs> Which was funny to me. The actual, actually, that's the other bit of Bernie characterization is the accent changes. His accent gets more and more American as the movie goes on. And I think it's that's why I, I said to you, I've got to look up Bernie before I record. It, Bernie moved to America about about the time they went to America. Bernie mm-hmm. stayed. And he his accent, and I was like, is that – does Jamie Bell just like – has his accent slipped or something? Is he Does he lived in America too long? Because he's – He's lived in America for a while. He's married to one of the Maras. I don't know which one, either Kate or Rooney. But he total news to me. I had no they idea. Have, they have a kid. Yeah, you say you no, say that like kids. I should know. Two kids now, I think. But anyway, Kate. Right. So, so he lives in America now, and I was like, oh, is Jamie Bell like? Does he not have his his British accent as much anymore? But I think it's actually a deliberate choice of Bernie moved to America, and yeah. he his accent got further and further away. He's married to Kate. He was married to Evan Rachel Wood. Total news to me. I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, they have a kid as well. Clearly, I didn't know that. Um, you know me. I don't. I don't keep up with that very well. But yeah, then Rob Stark swoops in with his northern voice and with his, his Scottish accent and his suits and his oh, oh yeah, my Scottish god. accent. Sorry, like the um the deep like voice. Yeah. And, oh my god. Yeah, Richard Madden's really taking off at the moment. But I think like the the Scottishness and the and works really well with this. I mean, I'm assuming the character was Scottish as well. Mm-hmm. There's actually Richard Madden being Scottish, but it works really well with this guy because he is so doer and like the suits and everything. Like it, that sort of uh, abruptness in him kind of works. Yeah, but he he is so seductive in that scene. Like the, especially that first one where um he's on his own at the party. Yeah, that's and he's the one like, I'm talking about. Something tells me I think you'll get you'll get used to this. No, it's the um. He's talking about like a light in the darkness, and he goes, "Where there was darkness, there is now you." Yeah. Like it is like who yeah, wouldn't? Yeah. Who wouldn't it's, fall for that? Oh no, it's a wonderful examination of an abusive relationship because you see, you see the love bomb at the beginning and the finding his way into every part of his life, and then you start and you see the red flags come through. Oh, you see the gaslighting. You see it. You see it from start to end. The extremely sexy sex scene. <laughs> They're all like, oh. and again, well, I'm not I have, shying away from. I have one problem with that sex scene. It shows Madden, Richard Madden as the bottom, and I don't think the rest of the relationship seems that seems right. But anyway. Well, you know, I mean, it might have been the it, first time. You don't know. Like, especially if he's trying to lure him in and everything. It could, yeah, you, it's possible. Yeah. But, yeah, no, they are extremely cute together, and the whole thing is it plays out exactly as you'd want it to, like a little fantasy. And also, you know, power bottoms exist. That is true. And then, like, the the next, like, three or four scenes in a row are just me going, oh, honey. Yeah, I know, because you just see – you see all these red flags. Yeah. All these problems of, of the way he dismisses the other management people and is the first one, I think. 
and then the way he talks to Elton. The f- well, the very first one is right after when Elton's like, "Oh, oh yes, what am I going to come to London you? with me? When am I going to see you again?" Yeah. And he's like, oh, "I'll look you up when I'm around." Yep, and he has that again t- classic sort of abusive thing where he just sort of wanders in in the middle of Elton's workday and completely yeah. fucks everything up. And that's while he's singing with Kiki D. Yeah. What's the song called? I know don't it really go well. Break my yeah, heart. that's it. I don't. I don't actually know what the song. I assume that's what it's called. Yeah, it is. And then, and then, and then, and then mm. they do Honky Cat with like the most fabulous choreography in this whole movie. Like, I know that it's the. Oh, start I didn't of know it. the name of that song. That was such a. I wrote. This is a great number. Yeah. No. That I know it's the start of his downfall. But like the choreo on that number and him and Richard singing together and all of the sexual tension in mm, that. The two of them in and, their kimonos. Oh my god. And the like single take stuff where they go through all the different like locations. Oh, yeah. Oh. Which they bring back again in Rocket Man and later on. But and they did in Saturday yeah, Night's yeah, and that's, right as well. Um, yeah. All the good. All the all big the, numbers. All the big numbers are, are done like stage musical numbers where it all mm. happens in one go. Oh yeah. my god. So good. Yeah. Again, my note is living with a lot of G's and then some capital F's because I lost track of where the keys were. <laughs> um, yeah. Because then, but yeah, he he also he dismisses the management, but like, hmm. it's really hard to care when he's dismissing Dick because Dick's such a dick. Yeah, exactly. But but you care about the other guy, Ray. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like it's a. I mean, it definitely doesn't. Yeah. I didn't feel a, a tension no. in loyalty there. And this is the thing: it feels like a smart business decision. Mm. So there's a red flag there around how. Richard Madden treats people and how Elton's sort of abdicating responsibility there. But it's such a, like, you can see why you would Elton would let him do that. You would see why that a business person, a person in his position would make that decision to move on from his other management. Like, you can absolutely see why. And, and again, this is why it's such a good depiction of an, how an abusive relationship works. But it's also like Dick is being um, an homophobic Dick to Madden's face. Yeah, like, yeah. There's no – you definitely don't feel any sympathy for them in that moment when mm. they're being so awful. Like, why would you want to stay with them? And, yeah, and then Elton says Ray's a lovely guy and man goes, lovely guy is not a job. Yeah. Also, the line – man, his voice in this really got me. <laughs> Richard Madden. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I know. In that accent? Oof. Yeah, and him and Taryn Edgerton's voices together. <sighs> okay. Yeah, because they actually – yeah, Richard Madden's quite a decent singer. Hmm. The, yeah, he's uh, a couple of times that he does sing. Yeah, better than Jamie Bell. He is better than Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell's also fine, but like, oh yeah, he's fine. But Richard Madden actually sort of has a bit of his voice has a bit of something to it. It's not mm. you know Taron Egerton good, but it no. is like yeah. That's the thing is that like anybody against Taron Egerton just doesn't sound as good. Well, I mean, in this movie, I'm sure yeah. there's plenty of people who would sound as good. But man, I hope I get to see more Taron Egerton like musical Singing. stuff because. He's got a great voice. Mm. And then and then we get, yeah, this abusive relationship. And then the mirror scene, uh-huh. which reminded me of that um, I, Tonya mirror scene with Margot Robbie, where she, like, puts all the makeup on and then does the fake smile. He does that. He puts uh-huh. the glasses on and tries a couple of fake smiles. And it's yeah. just like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so heartbreaking. And that when he signs the album for his dad, for oh, the other guy. Oh, God. <laughs> it's horrifying and i mean later on his mum and um the stepdad come as well and they're like we found this house mm. and he's just like that those moments of like th- that examination also of what it's like to be famous where you like that level of fame that he achieved mm. was so great that like couldn't he actually wasn't 
he wasn't the man they think they was they think he is at home but he he really had like killed reggie like there was no reggie anymore this level of fame the people who are left behind uh, who were part of his family they know they don't get it no and they won't ever get it and it's heartbreaking because that separation happens and and also this whole movie is him like reaching out to people all the time trying to get them to understand him while also constantly pushing them away. Yeah. Which is, again, like, it, it's just so heartbreaking, like, to watch him kind of reach out and fall over and over again. Yeah, and he try he tries so hard, but part of the whole thing is that he, like, the single-mindedness of being that famous, the mm. sort of no one says no to you kind of thing, um, works against him. Yeah. The only thing about that scene where his mother's like, oh, I should have never had you, is – they do a pretty good job of the makeup on Elton as he gets older, but her makeup as she gets older is pretty awkward. It's pretty yeah. wonky. So, the, yeah, there's some, there's some bad ones and some good ones. The restaurant one is awkward. The one later on – oh, no, because she's not meant to be old in that one. The one in the um, in rehab later on is better, but she also – that's not – she's not meant to be – have aged as much at that point, so. Yeah, no, it doesn't – it wasn't good. I was a bit distracted by that. Like, I was like, oh, this is a sad scene. Oh, so that's not good makeup. Oh, yeah, it she, looks very she, strange around her eyes. Um, yeah, but there is some good age makeup in this. Mm. Jamie Bell um, yeah. looks really good uh, as he ages and uh, Taryn Edgerton too. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm – yeah, the makeup on El- Elton as he ages is really, really good. And he kind of looks more like Elton John mm. as he gets older oh, and yeah. they put more makeup on him. But because the thing that, that really kind of throws me – is the jawline yeah. is completely different. Yes. So the eyes and stuff, they really get right, and the hairline and so all that. So this is interesting because when, when I've written things like, oh, sometimes he looks just like Elton, the scene I'm thinking of is from, like, the nose up. Mm. Yeah, so the eyes and stuff really have it, but mm. he's got that, like, really sharp. And he's obviously also wearing fake teeth because of Elton's teeth are quite, you know, specific. Yeah, but they're not, like – They're not the full Elton no. teeth, but they're enough to kind of give the – that he's got a gap there that he yeah. doesn't normally have. Well, it kind of almost looked to me like they were just putting something on his teeth. Yes, that's what like it looked a, like to me. Like an insert over his yes, teeth rather than whole fake yeah, teeth. Yeah, no, that's what I thought. It wasn't fully fake teeth. Yeah. So, yeah, then he's in front of the mirror practicing and then that's when he yells at Bernie and then, like, walks away and then goes back and holds his hands and, his hand and says, I'm sorry. Yeah. <sighs> Which I wish – every so often I just wish they'd played a beat a little longer because yeah. this movie kind of goes bang, 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 bang. Which is good in some ways because it keeps you moving through what's a quite yeah, a packed story. But you get to the end and you're like, wait, wait, that was it? There's that, but there's also like beats like that I wish had been mm. held a little longer yeah, yeah. to let the like emotion of that sink in for a second before they went into Pinball mm. Wizard. Or yep. like there's a lot of stuff where he just kind of um, is trying to catch up with his own life in a way where he just transitions from like – Song to hospital to yeah, to and, and, song to plane, and I was like, oh, just and chrono- hang on, yeah. And chronologically, it also jumps quite a bit. Like we we kind of sit in that late sixties, early seventies for a bit, and then we kind of like montage through the seventies and well into the eighties pretty quickly. Not but montage, time, but we get through that. We get through that quite quickly, and so there's lots that's happened in his life that we don't like. We kind of we just can't keep across it all. No, and at, at the same time, do we really want? To sit that long. All of him ha- having pinnacle since 1975? No, yeah. we don't want to sit through all that. We can't. And so that bit with Bernie um, then goes – he then um, – I've written completely decostumed, so which I, about which I mean um, – Naked? No, I mean the um, – that's the point at which 
he uh, he's in rehab and he's taken the costume off. So he's he's oh, yeah. gotten into a dressing gown or something. He's the, the orange costume's completely gone by that point because you see him take bits off of off of it as he goes along. Wait, where's naked? I know I wrote that. Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. it's changed it. I can see why I didn't find it. Um, yeah, autocorrect has changed it to baked. It's that's okay. Not what I meant because yeah, because at that point, so that's the Bernie bit, and then. We have um, – wait, you know the song – what's the song name again? Pinball Wizard. Pinball Wizard, which I didn't know what was so- the song was. I called it – well, I've written Swirly Cosine Montage. So I assume <laughs> that means Swirly Costume Montage because they, they <laughs> yeah. do a, um, a yeah, sw- shot swirling around the piano of him in all the different costumes like to show him you know, performing every night and all that sort of thing mm. um, and what he goes through. And it's really – I'm not normally the biggest fan of that swirling camera thing, but it was worked really, really well in this instance. Yeah. That actually, they do it a few times in this movie, and I liked it every time. Because mm. as you mentioned in um, Saturday Night, like they would swirl the camera, and there'd be more people, and then oh, they'd swirl yeah. it again, and more people, so which cool. was really effective. And then this swirl was really effective. Um, there's only one time I don't love it, and that's in the montage over him in the orgy bit that I didn't love. Mm. But um, most of the time, it's used really, really effectively. Yeah. And also, Pinball Wizard is a good song. Yeah. He didn't write it; it's a Who song. Yeah, um, but he he covers it, and uh, and that. That swirling also and the costumes in the night after night leads into the breakdown of like, you know, him waking up in his bed and Richard Madden being even more awful and his family turning up and he's like it, it you build into that, um, yeah. the suicide attempt. And me writing baby as my note. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, that underwater scene at the suicide attempt where his kid self is on the bottom <sighs> and like it's again so beautifully shot but also like the thing about that scene and the like floating scene and stuff is that it gives you that like feeling the the sensation yeah of like you know your feet lifting off the ground as like your whole body lifting as you get this really exciting first thing happening or feeling like you're underwater when you know you're yeah drugged out of your mind and miserable like oh, it's I've so never felt, clever yeah well i mean the back earlier when he's talking to his dad and his dad asks for an autograph and that, like, the way my stomach felt, I just was... Yeah. Um, I was talking a little bit more about, like, the way that they visualize a f- feeling that oh, isn't... Yeah, yeah. yeah, that he's drowning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a feeling that isn't actually happening. Like, the the underwater scene, you know, where he's swimming down to mm. himself, he wouldn't actually be doing that. Or the floating no. scene, they're not actually doing that. No, but... and, and so we get the dancers in as well at that point. Yeah, and um, that's but that's visualizing what it feels like mm. was really interesting to me. Like, it was a really clever visualization of a feeling. Yeah. And that number, that whole number of Rocket Man is so well done. And it really, yeah. um, and this that was the one where I was really like, you couldn't do this in a stage musical. Like this is the this is how you use film to make a stage musical, but it also like it's better than anything you could do in a stage musical because you couldn't do the underwater mm. sequence that you do, they do there. It then goes into an ambulance sequence that like it's yeah. very very cool. It's very cool, but at the same time, that's the that's another time when I wish they just like given us a little more time to sit in it. Like I understand that he had to move on really quickly, mm. but it's quite disorienting as the audience to be jerked around like that yeah, i and i feel like the the resolution to me feels like it sort of comes a bit quickly because of some of that stuff where you really don't get a lot of time to sit in that that sort yeah. of thing and also i was like so distracted by the fact he was naked for a minute there that oh. i was like oh, hang on he's naked now <laughs> oh boy he was definitely naked in that scene probably like, i didn't really i wasn't really paying attention <laughs> i was um, <laughs> He was, yeah, they stripped him right down. Oh, yeah. Um, 
and then they're on the plane and Bernie's like, let's just disappear together. And you're like, go. Nobody loves each other more than these two. Just want to like be together yeah. and write songs together and hang out. Yeah, and but, like have hugs. Yeah, <laughs> but you don't. You, it it gets it gets worse. And Richard Madden's still around. And Richard Madden like literally gaslights him. He's like, mm-hmm. "I left you." And I'm like, mm, "I don't quite think that's what happened." But anyway, and then you sort of he hits the rock bottom with the wedding with marrying Renata. But I'm sorry, did we just skip over both the Queen Liz drag look? No, which- no, I haven't got that. Oh well. No, that, that's Marie Antoinette. Oh yeah, the sorry Marie Antoinette. I you know I'm terrible <laughs> could, at that stuff. I think it's the Marie Antoinette, Antoinette because because the I think heart. It, yeah. Well, I think because it's also a reference to his I think it's his fiftieth birthday in the nineties when he he and David were together by that point and he had to travel by truck because he was in this giant Marie Antoinette costume. But I think, but you might be right. It might actually be like Elizabethan that costume, but. It's all part of the same thing because it's it's all in Australia, right? That bit. Well, no, he says he's in Australia. They all boo him. He's not in Australia. But well, but he, he gets it wrong. He might be because the boos aren't clear. But also, he married Renata here. Okay, <laughs> so um, like I'm thinking that it all happened at once, and that was like a plate. But it doesn't really matter. But yeah, the when he comes out in that that costume, is that what we want to talk about? Yeah, no, just. Because I, I wrote that drag look is serving me looks because I was like, wow. Oh, yeah. It's such a – I mean, th- that's the thing. The, the costumes are so well put together and he is just like rocking them and it looks great. And then they do the Benny and the Jets, which I love the song Benny and the Jets. Mm. It is over a fairly negative point in the movie. Yeah. But also um, hot boys all over him. So it's really torn. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And then you do the – not so great montage of like things flashing over him while he's in the orgy and I was like is that yeah. what you want for this moment this is a weird moment to have that yeah yeah it just struck me as odd and they move on so quickly and it's fine well yeah they but- do but they do kind of touch on um something that apparently wasn't in the original version of the script his wedding to a woman mm. which happened in the 80s but it actually kind of handles it I think in an interesting way because he um Renata's like one of the few women, like his nan, who actually kind of seems to see through him. And so you can sort of see why he, like you can see that it's a really bad idea, but you can also see why at that point that he might reach out to the one person who offered him a cup of tea and like suggested that, you know, like that they might understand how he feels. Yeah. And they sing Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me, which is another really good song. Mm. It's also the the wedding itself, um, <laughs> which you're like <laughs> – the best yeah. it's it's such a hetero straight it wedding was so it's so hilarious straight. it was like richard madden's the best man and then jamie bell's there as well and jamie bell and bryce dallas howard do some of their best work of the whole movie yeah. in their faces yeah. at that wedding where they're so just funny like, this is no like oh god and uh, yeah what are we doing here <laughs> And then, yeah. and then the next scene is them walking out of separate bedrooms, going down to breakfast, yeah. and then just bursting into tears because, like, they've realized that it was such a stupid idea. Yeah. And then another um, AA meeting moment where they're like, did you enjoy being married? And he was like, not really. I'm gay. <laughs> Which was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting on um, how language has changed as well because, like, it's not that long ago that, like, being married meant being married to someone of the opposite sex and, like, the language is changing now because he's married yeah. again now yeah. to, you know, someone he's been with for 25 years, but he has a husband now, not a wife. It's true. But it was an also, interesting, just a bit of uh, – Yeah, I just thought they were clearly talking about referencing they, being yeah, married they clearly to her. Were. Yeah, they were. And yes, because this movie doesn't extend into his um, second marriage. Yep. 
no, yet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I was like, what do you mean? But yeah, no, it doesn't actually get to him meeting David, which is a bit of a shame. Um, yeah, I, I do find that it, it's an like interesting it, choice because David and Elton were heavily involved in this. And um, my understanding is David is like pretty much runs the business side of Elton's stuff. I mean, it, clearly it's a much more healthy relationship than the one that's depicted in the movie. Um, but yeah, like, and he sort of manages the legacy a lot of that. So David was involved in this. And so clearly that's a choice of like, I don't know, let's make it about some other of another period in your life and i think it's because it cuts off at the right time mm. because that it's like such a kind of coming through the fire and positive moment that it cuts off at oh yeah it's the right spot to end so extending it beyond that just doesn't make sense for no. the movie it's just kind of a shame that we don't get to see david uh because like just in you know in real life elton's you know 72 and still going still performing even though he's allegedly retired from performing Partly because he met somebody and settled and kind of like I think there's a David actually has a bit of credit for some some of what he's been through since then. Like that makes sense in the movie that the rehab is the big moment. Mm. Um, and then we get to finish with I'm Still Standing, into which they um, splice Taron Edgerton into the what I looks to me like the original video. I think they I feel like they recreated the original video. Right. Like it was it, he they didn't splice splice him in, but they recreated it with like dancers now right and with him yeah and, the, and, the um, and then they put the grainy film stock yeah yeah i don't know i don't actually know what the i'm still standing video looks like but yeah yeah sorry we skip through the so there's a restaurant scene and then the restaurant fight with bernie mm. where bernie says nobody hates you elton immediately after his mother has told him that she wished she never had him uh-huh. which is kind of crushing yeah god she the, and this is why bryce dallas howard is really good in this part because she just like that sort of casual the way she could she, she sort of goes from being like someone who seems to be so much like him and to understand him because he's the kid who's like her to just crushing him in an instant that sort of the people who know us best are the ones who can destroy us well she's she's a very sort of callous person yeah, throughout yeah. the film she just like, doesn't and and the thing is a lot of that is that they they don't encourage like any kind of connection or any kind of, you know, what's the word? sensitivity mm. or vulnerability mm. um, in the family, right? There's no, no, they can't be sensitive, they can't be vulnerable. So she can't do that either. No. Um, and so, like, her way of doing that was to just always, like, you can see it a couple of times early on when she comes in. She's like, what are you still doing up? Mm. And things like that, where she just almost is caring and almost wants yeah. to like when when, when she first shows, plays piano yeah when she yeah when she shows him the dress patterns yeah that she likes and he picks one like there's she almost connects and then doesn't ah yeah. it's heartbreaking actually yeah there's all these little near misses where like you can see her wanting to mm. do that but she's kind of not allowed to yeah um which is really interesting so yeah then after that scene we go back to the start yeah in the costume going away from the concert for the rehab my next note is one eyebrow, which I know is not the next thing that happens, but there's some boring rehabby stuff in the middle. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I, I don't have many notes until I'm still standing, which comes after rehab. And really, because you didn't write like the bit about him hugging him, his kid self. I didn't. I didn't need to write. I didn't want to write that because I didn't want to stop looking at the screen. Because I, that was like the, all he wanted was a hug, and then he hugs like yeah. his kid self. Oh, no, to it's reconcile. beautiful. Oh. I just didn't. That's but that's the reason is that it was too important to me to be looking at my phone to make notes. Yeah. Well, it was too important for me to miss so that I, I yeah. had to write it down because there's so much that happens. Yeah. And then Bernie comes in and hugs him too and then he's getting lots of hugs and like 
yeah, the affection that he clearly needs and yeah. has wanted through this whole movie. And also, like, through the whole movie as well, whenever he and Bernie are together, they're, like, they sit really close together, but then when they're further apart, they're sitting further apart. It's uh-huh. like a they really show visually that closeness and, and yeah, tension and because, stuff. Yeah, especially, like, at the last scene in, in rehab where Bernie's got some lyrics for him and he's, ta- you know, you've got to do this bit yourself. But when they sit together on that bench, yeah. like, they don't sit, like, up, they're right up next to each other and Bernie pats him on the knee. Yeah. Like it's very – that's the old married couple metaphor for those two is actually really apt. Yeah. They really do sort of move in sync with one another. Yeah, exactly. And then – but that like reconnection and, and showing that closeness rather than just telling it's so cute. Yeah. And then, yeah, then we go to I'm Still Standing, which like I was like clutching my hands to my heart through that whole bit. Like because from him in rehab, walking out of rehab in the suit and the hat with the rainbow flag around it, like it's mm. the ribbon. Yeah, the rainbow ribbon, And then ribbon, like yeah. just killing it, just absolutely killing it, like singing so well and also like dancing so badly but in like just like Elton John would, like physicalizing yeah, yeah, yeah. that. And then the transition into the like cheesy 80s video but it's still so uplifting is so good. Mm. Like, okay, it's not, you know, Live Aid, End of Bohemian Rhapsody, but it's it's so good for this movie and like we felt everything with him in this movie in a way that I don't feel like we did in that movie. Yeah. Like it's always just pulling back, whereas this goes all the way. It just dives right in. Yeah. So, and I, so yeah, I still haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody, by the way. I do mean okay. to. But um but yeah, no. But it, some of the audience have and yeah, and oh, no. this is clearly and they definitely would have. Yeah. Yeah. And this is clearly something we should like needs to be compared to Bohemian oh, Rhapsody yeah, yeah. Oh, with the director time. and all that. But yeah. Yeah, I was. I'm actually doing it again right now. I like put my hands up to my yeah. chest because I was like, I love that bit so much. Like, I, I my, love it because grinning my head. Off. I, I love Taron Edgerton singing that song because he's already sung it yeah. for another movie. Sing, and so I am actually more familiar with his versions of that song than Elton John's versions. So the, that song to me actually threw me a bit because of the whole like what I thought was, you know, photoshopping him into the old video. Like the old video bit kind of threw me off a little bit. It's all perfect because it's exactly that is just very Elton. But it also kind of the use of the old grain and all that kind of stuff in the footage and all that, yeah. it also just threw me a bit. Oh, um, I really like it. But he really does do a wonderful job singing it. Yeah, he does. It's so good. But I feel like there's something just so – like joyful in the cheesiness of it yes like he's tried so hard for so long to be you know flashy and cool and whatever Mm. and now he's just embracing this like really silly cheesy thing that just makes you really happy yeah and there's an interesting also like mellowing of the costuming like he's still he's still very elton Mm. and he still has all elton's flourishes but he's not quite so over the top in terms of his you know feathers and hats and things like it's not quite that that video is actually he's probably one of the more sedate outfits mm. that he wears every time. So you kind of like you see this sort of him coming from a more humble position to start that song. Yeah, I think there's also a thing in it that's like, oh, just be yourself sort of thing. But yeah, I don't – I mean, I think we talked about this – we did. We talked about this when we saw um, Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper, yeah. Shallow. Yeah, yeah. Which is not called that. It's called A Star Is Born. Um, when we saw A Star Is Born where people talk about like, oh, this is the real Lady Gaga because she's not wearing yeah. makeup or fancy costumes. And I'm like, I don't love that. No. I think well, that. So, yeah. So I don't – this is the thing. That song, he's not – he hasn't to- – like it, he's more mellow but he's not like rock bottom. When he's at rock bottom, he's actually in a tracksuit. 
Yeah. There is a scene of him wearing like a track. And you know that that's not him. You know that that's him in rehab and he's got a place to go from there. But I'm Still Standing feels like he's coming out of that. Mm. He's getting back to himself, but he's kind of also he's recognized that there is some of that still there and he needs to work out, work it out. And he's about to be, as it says over the photos at the credits, finally loved properly. Oh. That like I I don't think I've ever had such an emotional reaction to like one of those photo montages over the credits where it just pops up with the uh. information that's happened as when it's like when it's like he met David Furnish and he's finally loved properly and I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. I was a bit more cynical about that. I was like, oh, yes, you can see where they were involved in this. I know. But I, like, I'm sure – I not that I doubt them. Like, clearly, they, they're they good for each other. But, like, it, yeah. No, it was sweet, though. That was a sweet thing to add, because, especially, yeah, because of Bryce Dallas Howard's horrible line earlier. Exactly. And I know it is, it is cynical and a bit cheesy and stuff, but I feel like because we've gone properly on that journey rather yeah. than a lot of movies, you don't really properly go on that journey. And then mm. it's like – oh, and they lived happily ever after and did this and did yeah. that. And I'm like, oh, really? But in this movie, it felt so like, I don't know, it felt like that had a purpose. Yeah. I also was shocked at then to then find out that Matthew Vaughn had produced this movie. I know. It was a surprise. Yeah. And then, well, Matthew Vaughn has worked with Dexter Fletcher before because Dexter Fletcher is in Kick-Ass. Oh, is he? Right. Anyway. And obviously he's worked with Taron Edgerton, yeah. Yeah, because um, they did um, the one thingy. we don't like, Kingsman. Kingsman. And then we get like this awesome montage over the credits of like the different looks, the costumes. Yeah, the costumes compared to the real ones. That was so fantastic. It was so fantastic. I also had this moment where I was just like, I know so many people who would love this part. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I mean, I enjoyed it anyway, like, because even watching the movie and even like, I'm not you know, the world's biggest Elton John fan, just no, a casual either. fan. But he, I recognize those costumes. I recognize mm. the star jumper with the, the um, overalls, the white overalls. Like I recognize these costumes. I recognize that Dodgers costume, um, quite a few of them. Yeah. No, and and um, like I'm the same. I'm not – I know that you pretty much all of the songs that were in the movie yeah. and like some of them better than others. But it's not like I've ever been like an Elton John fan or anything. No. But this movie really like it just – brings you into his life in this really good interesting way that works so well yeah in fact i i kind of i noticed in the uh cinema like the crowd is a bit older it's the kind of people who would have been listening in the 70s when he was uh he was performing and how cool is it and this is like something that's just really makes me really happy because we've seen so many movies that have like gay or bisexual main characters where like in bohemian rhapsody they completely deny his bisexuality and then like in other things it's so cool to see a movie where like a flamboyant gay man is the center and it's not like oh i'm not like those other gay men like he is the person that we are relating to it works so hard to get you to relate to him without ever shying away from like having like gay kissing and gay sex scenes and his gayness and my makeup and all of that stuff it's all because it's all who he is yeah and like we just said before his rock bottom is when he's not wearing any makeup and he's in a freaking tracksuit. i know so he's at his best when he's not doing that it's so cool that like this is what is the target the, the target audience for this is like older people who knew like you know who listened to Elton John when he was famous mm. and this is what they're giving them they're not toning any of it down they're not erasing anything is so exciting yeah. it's just so cool I, I think part of it comes from Elton being involved himself like mm. he wouldn't I can see he wouldn't want that he wouldn't want to have that toned down for people because it's important because it's who he is yeah 
And I just, yeah, I love that they, they went, you know, all in on it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, happy. yeah, so there are disadvantages to having the person involved, but there are also really strong advantages mm. in that he advocated for that. Um, and I believe they also tried to sell it to a few different studios who wouldn't pick it up because he was so insistent on the level of gay content and flamboyant content. And, like, I think also it's not necessarily – it's definitely not as bad a thing having him involved with this as some other things – having people involved with some other things because they didn't – he hasn't shied away from the more yeah. negative things that he did. Well, and it seems what happened with Bohemian Rhapsody is that the other – the surviving members of Queen were the ones who were kind of shying away from all of Freddie's sexuality. And um, if – well, I think there's studio stuff as well with that. I mean, there, there almost certainly is and this has, you know, come up against studio stuff and, like, um, it's being edited for release in Russia. Like, you definitely – are seeing that kind of thing about this one. But I think having Elton and David as producers, I think, makes a difference. Yeah, but also even if you look at like Straight Outta Compton, which I think you also haven't seen. No, I haven't, but anyway. um, In Straight Outta Compton, it's another um, thing where the surviving members of the group have like been really involved in the film. And so A, the film goes on way past where it should. And B, they are much harder on um, Easy than they are on anybody else in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like they do tone down the, their own terrible stuff that they did. But whereas Elton, his. yeah, yeah, exactly. But Elton like leaned into that and went, no, you know, don't shy away from the awful stuff that I did, yeah. which is really cool. No, it is. It's really good. So yeah, I love this movie. I absolutely love this movie. This movie, by the way, like it, it's so made for me. Yes. <laughs> like it's a musical with like gay boys and also like a really important friendship at the center. And I was so like up my alley. So I'm definitely biased, but also it's great. And there's so many songs. There's so many songs. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. We want to give it a rating. Yes. I'm going to give this movie five stars. And I also t- said I already had problems with it. So that's probably biased, but I don't care. I'm giving this movie five stars anyway. I loved it. Yeah, I'm going to go with four and a half, which is my, I love this movie, but I, it's not, it's not for me a five star movie, but I don't, it's not quite as tailor made for me as it is for you. But I just, this is a wonderful film and I just had such a great time with it. So, yeah. so good. Okay. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like show notes or old episodes, you can find them on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. And if you want to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash silver screen queens on Facebook. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.